0: Today and welcome to a Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and CFRC so thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the shows at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts or Stitcher. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Just a reminder as well, the clarity of the recording isn't quite as good as when we do this in the studio. So our apologies there. But again, you know, we wanted to continue with Grad Chat even during COVID-19, and so we've changed things around a little bit, and the good news is our grad students and postdocs still want to come on the show, so we're really fortunate there. That being said, I would like to introduce you today to Iman Abdali, who is just finishing his PhD in Electrical and Computer Engineering under the supervision of Dr. Majid Palavani, Welcome to Grad Chat, Iman.
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be here.
0: It's awesome. And it's interesting, actually, because I got to meet Iman properly last year for the three-minute thesis where Iman put his hand up and said, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. So I was really happy about that. So Iman, when you did the three-minute thesis, which is not an easy task, let's let's face it, it's not easy what did you learn from doing the three-minute thesis and has it helped you moving forward with other presentations?
1: Yeah, it was very uh, exciting competition for me and it was a big challenge for me, especially for me because I'm not a native speaker. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting for me and, and I found out how much it's important to summarize uh, our thesis Yeah, I have learned a lot from you and your advices and this competition. I really uh, like to thank
0: you. Well, it was interesting because when Iman did some of the workshops and then, of course, we had the competition. And you could see as Iman was going through each time he said his three minute thesis presentation, you got better every time. So that was really exciting for you, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was very helpful for me. Thank you so much.
0: No, that was great. And I think that's one of the nice things about that particular event is that uh, students find ways of, you know, we all know it takes time and takes practice to to figure out what are the right words so people can remember um, and, and ta- get that that takeaway message and I think this is what the three minute thesis did and it clearly showed there for Iman because I remember the first time he practiced nothing against what you did Iman but you knew yourself it wasn't quite there yet and so it could have potentially been a bit confusing for people but when you kept practicing and changing it slightly it ended up being such a great presentation which made us so so much easier for people to understand the very intricate work that you're doing in your research
1: yeah i totally agree with you
0: so i'm glad you persevered and so of course the next thing of course is that now you've done that now you've found different ways of doing it so when you said you wanted to come on grad chat i thought fantastic You've already done three minutes and that was really hard. So now I'm going to give you 29 minutes (laughs) to to tell us a bit more about your research, because I know at the end of your 3MT presentation, it's like, well, I want to know more. So this is my opportunity to find out more about the work that you're doing. So let's get right into it. Your research topic, and like I said, you're in electrical and computer engineering, and your research topic is, is about retinal implants. So can you just give us a bit of an overview of what, you know, what how does electrical and computer engineering be part of retinal implants for starters? And then I've got some other questions I'd like to ask you.
1: Okay, thank you so much. The retinal implants is an electronic devices which help the, the people suffering from retinal disease. That's why the knowledge of the electrical engineering is really important for producing uh, retinal implants.
0: Right. And so why, why do people need retinal implants in the first place?
1: Oh, Okay. Uh, in a healthy retina, the light is detected by the photoreceptor cells. And, but the people suffering from retinal disease, their photoreceptor cells have been damaged. So right. the, the remaining cells are unable to sense the light. And obviously cannot send some information to the brain. So this is right. the main reason of the blindness for them. Yeah.
0: Which totally makes sense because we know there's all that electrical activity within our body, stuff going to the brain. So it makes sense someone in electrical engineering is looking at this. Um, so it's not, you know, electrical engineering isn't just about robots and bits and pieces. So it shows the... the. Um, the health, the medical side of how you can be involved with using electrical engineering.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: So, with you, you, you mentioned d- various diseases that the eyes can get, and and there's there's a couple that, well, not maybe not obvious, but are usually put to the f- to the forefront. And there's is one is called age related macular degeneration, yes. and then the, the other one is retinitis pigmentosa being the two most common ones. But what kind of stats are there? I mean, is it just like one in 10 people that have these sorts of issues or is it more than that?
1: Okay, according to the uh, documents, uh, more than 32 million people in the world are blind because of the, the two kind of retinal disease, wow. as you said, age-related macular degeneration or AMD and RP, as you said. Yeah. and. Even the AMD is the third cause of blindness in the world, and it is ah. yeah, and it is anticipated to increase ten times by twenty fifty. So you can see the importance of this problem.
0: Oh wow, that's that's a lot, and and I imagine us all being on computers right now during COVID that that might increase a bit quicker. Because I know my eyes have degenerated. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I am getting older. So so what happens then? What exactly happens to people suffering, for instance, age-related macular degeneration? What's it actually doing to the eye and their sight?
1: As I said, the photoreceptor cells have been damaged. So the remaining cells are unable to sense uh, the light. But, right. uh, but the first treatment is getting uh, the injections, injection. For If doesn't work, the retinal implants is the last option for those kind of patients. Oh,
0: okay, right. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay, so it's the last option. It's not necessarily the first option. Yes, it's the last one. So what made you want to get started working on retinal implants? I mean... Do you know someone that had age-related macular degeneration?
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, my grandfather went blind because he suffered from EMD at that time. And as you know, most of us take our vision for granted. And it was the same for me until the time my grandfather went blind. And uh, Yeah, uh, it was uh, very hard for him. I, I could uh, totally see that. <laughs>
0: So, what? Um, so if this is an electrical problem, like, you know, the, the message isn't getting to the brain properly, mm-hmm. why, why is the vision getting blurred or, 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 or failing? Because um, you said it's part of the electrical photosynthesis oh, okay. and the message isn't getting to the brain.
1: Okay. For the, uh, for the retinal speech pencil, the first one of the retinal disease is naturally and is related to genetics. But for okay. A- AMD, sometimes it's related to diabetes and sometimes it's related to genetics. So oh, okay. we don't have, it's the same as the cancer. We don't know about the specific reasons, but we know about some reasons are possible for that.
0: Right, yeah. right. And you've, okay, so mm. where did the idea for retinal implants come from?
1: Okay, for the first uh, idea, the cochlear implant was very successful, mm-hmm. and uh, the, uh, yes, and even the, the the that person invented the cochlear implant. His mother suffered from uh, hearing impair, and at that time, the retinal implant actually is a, so same as the, the total idea is the same as the cochlear implant, but the whole idea is coming from the remaining cells in the retinal implants can be electrically stimulated and the information can be sent to the brain. So so actually in retinal implants, we can bypass the damaged cells, I mean the photoreceptor cells, and uh, uh, activate the remaining cells and we can send the information to the brain.
0: So this oh, that's is the cool.
1: basic that, idea of the retinal implants.
0: That's pretty cool. So, so it's come from what you, you learned from cochlear implants?
1: Yeah, the cochlear implant is the first device for sending the message for the brain. So the retinal implants, the basic idea is coming from the cochlear implants.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. It's, it's good to see you in research where something has worked for one particular reason and then you can transfer that idea to something totally different. So, I'm assuming yourself and your professors knew about the work that had been done on the cochlear implants and said, well, and is that that what happened? Then you go, well, if it worked for that, can we sort of change it slightly to fit what happens with the retinal implant?
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, But both cochlear implants and uh, retinal implants are commercially available in the markets.
0: Right. Oh, which is fantastic. Well, I guess that comes to my next question because, I mean, you mentioned that the retinal implants, like what you're doing, that was kind of like the second or third option for someone to fix their macular degeneration. So with that, if it's it's the third option, is it the third option because it's too expensive or too invasive or why is it the third option and not the first option?
1: The first option is the injection because uh, sometimes the injection uh, can work, but if any option cannot work, the retinal implants is the uh, last option because the retinal implants are commercially available, but unfortunately they have low resolution because the number of electrodes stimulating the remaining cells are limited. Okay. So that's why this is the last option. The, so the 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 patients having the retinal implants only could see the simple objects, not uh, only black and white and simple objects. Uh,
0: yeah. oh, oh, okay. So, so the injection is the one that should work the best. Yeah. And is as probably the cheapest option. But if that fails, there is the there's already these retinal implants, but that but they don't. Don't give total vision back. It's still quite limited because of the number of electrodes. Is that? Am I understanding that correctly? That's totally correct. So, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to make the the current retinal implants better, so that so if they are used, that they will actually give better vision as opposed to just okay vision.
1: Okay, uh, here I identified two gaps in the current uh, retinal implants first of all the one of the biggest problem of the commercial retinal implants is that it is extremely expensive the the cost is approximately about three hundred thousand dollars
0: oh my goodness okay (laughs) Uh,
1: it's super expensive and Mm -hmm. this high price results in limited accessibility of the retinal implants for example the annual income in some developing countries is about $4,000 annual. Right. And significantly less than the cost of retinal implants. And even there is no insurance for those countries can cover this amount of money. Yeah. And even in U.S., the in, U.S., uh, medical reimbursement for some uh, implants is about $20,000. It's so much less than $300,000. Uh, $300,
0: that is really expensive, and and it's expensive for something that doesn't actually completely fix it.
1: Yeah, and even because it's super expensive, only twenty percent of the people in the developed country can afford this, and less than one percent in developing country. So yeah, it's uh, it's so so
0: sad. So so, what are you what are you trying to do in your lab then? Are you trying to make do two things. One, get a more efficient uh, retinal implant. And, yeah. and the second one, make it more viable for people of all socioeconomic backgrounds to have a chance to use it.
1: Yeah. The, the first things I would try to do that. So as I said, it's super expensive, especially for the people living in developing countries. So uh, the making the inexpensive retinal implants is necessary. So uh, we would like to design and implement inexpensive retinal implants, especially for low-income people. And the second thing I really want to do that is that, as I said, the retinal implants have low resolution. And to realize better vision, it is necessary to increase the number of electrodes stimulating the remaining cells to 1,000 or more. But the main problem is that as the number of electrodes increases, the heat inside the eye increases as well. And it's not safe at all. And yeah. extra heat would damage the eyeball. And safe right. is re- really important for retinal implants. And so this is where my research comes in again. We are focusing on designing a circuit for high resolution without any extra generated heat. And the first things, obviously, as I said, Uh, making inexpensive retinal implants is super necessary for the people cannot afford the commercial one.
0: Right. I I didn't realise with the the potential with more electrodes, there's the potential then for more heat being generated, which makes sense because that happens in normal little engines, battery engines and things like that, doesn't it? So, heat is always an issue. So, how far along have you got on that? Have you, found, have you found so far the maximum number, potentially, of electrodes that you could um, use in these retinal implants? And, and if you go further than that, then there's no way you can control the heat. Have you found that yet?
1: Okay. Um, for the facial recognition, for having facial recognition, we need at least 1,000 electrodes. But okay. with the conventional retinal implants, the patients only could see simple objects. But we need at least 1,000 electrodes to, to have facial recognition.
0: That's a, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it is. S- so do you think, I would imagine normally if you're you're trying to improve on something, two things can happen. One, it can either reduce the cost or mm-hmm. another, it could actually increase the cost because there's more bits to it, so to speak, to make it simple. What are you finding so far? Because I mean, what is the biggest challenge for future retinal implants? Because if they're all going to be too expensive, why are we going that route?
1: Yeah, t- you are totally right. The first things uh, we are working on helping to, to improving the performance of the uh, current commercial retinal implants for improving uh, the resolution. So obviously, it increased the cost. But mm-hmm. second things we realize is necessary to decrease the cost, but it leads to decreasing the resolution. But it's it is especially for low-income people cannot afford the commercial one. So we have right. two different way for two research we are uh,
0: doing. Yes, because actually it's interesting because just going back to your comments early about the number of people that have age-related macular degeneration, do you know the numbers say in developing countries? Because you gave me the the overall number around the world, but are more people in developing countries do more people in developing countries have the age-related macular degeneration compared to so-called Western countries?
1: Yeah, even this problem is really important in developed countries because of diabetes, and overweighting is so common in developed countries. And right. according to one of the documents I have read, is about 5 million people in the US, suffering from AMD and RP in total. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the US, but in de- in total developed countries, uh, I don't I don't have a, um, any no. document.
0: Oh, but I, but you did say that um, it's the leading cause of blindness in developing countries, which is a bit of a concern.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. It's a,
0: it's a huge concern yeah so what is the future for you and your work and these retinal implants because you did say that you're almost finished your phd so does this mean someone else would for instance take over the work that you've already started or you're going to continue with this work
1: yes uh, i am actually in my last year phd and uh, to evaluate the result of my research in the real world uh, we already tested uh, our circuit on a pig's uh, eyeball. Oh, great. Uh, but we are collaborating with Harvard Medical School to perform a surgery on a live animal because we don't have any license to perform a surgery here. But right. we are collaborating with Harvard Medical School to perform a surgery on a live animal. Uh, we can measure the thermal increasement on a live animal, and it would be so helpful for us.
0: That's great! Oh, that's that's really good that you've got that collaboration going.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we have uh, the advisor, and actually, my the advisor from the Harvard is uh, the, my supervisor's brother, so it would oh, that helps. Was, that helps, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was easy to. uh, Collaborate with (laughs) how?
0: I love it. I mean, we keep talking about how important collaborations are, and it certainly make and they're not always easy to uh, come by. So (laughs) this is a ready made collaboration. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and more interesting they are twin. Yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. So so what's what happens for you next? I mean, what are you what are you wanting to do next after you've got your doctoral degree?
1: Um, I'm currently working for a company in Ottawa, and yes, one of the research I really uh, I would like to work on it is uh, to continue and uh, continue this research and making inexpensive retinal implants because I have a long way to reach uh, this my goal, and unfortunately, uh, my grandfather passed away oh, last sorry. year, and so so. I'm so I really uh, want to make and uh, to, um, to reach uh, this big goal of mine because yes. I have a personal story and it is super, uh, super important for me. And now I will continue working on it.
0: So this company in Ottawa you're working for works on helping people with uh, possible blindness and, and that sort of technology to, to assist.
1: We are producing the, some device, electronic devices, but right. uh, we can use the, this uh, kind of electronic devices for different applications, such as retinal implants. It would right. be uh, very helpful. Yeah, it's not specifically for retinal implants, but yeah, it's. Um, but we can use those devices for retinal right. implants to make it cheaper and find out, uh, some solution.
0: I'm going to go back to the cochlear implants that you talked about earlier, which is where the retinal, the technology you're using for the retinal implants originally came from. Well, not necessarily that technology, but that process of trying to fix the cochlear implants. Are you, so what you're using, say, in Ottawa, this company you're working with there, it's a similar thing. You have found something that works for one particular application, but you're adjusting it to help a different application.
1: Yeah. Uh, we are producing some devices for uh, different applications, very wide range of applications. And, yeah, and that's funny because when I, was, um, when I did my master, I was working on a cochlear implant. But the cochlear implant and the cochlear implant has been very successful so far, and so many people can hear by the cochlear implant.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I love this trans transference of applications into into something else. So that's great that you're able to continue with that, and I'm sure your grandfather would be extremely happy to know how well you're going. Um, going forward on getting these uh, retinal implants to a point where it is more accessible to people around the world
1: i hope so thank
0: you oh i know he would be <laughs> mm-hmm. and so what else is happening for you because you said you're almost finished i mean you've you You've got this job up in Ottawa, which is fantastic. You're finishing off your PhD. What other sort of things are are you doing right now? Or are you just trying to spend the time finishing off your PhD?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm currently also teaching uh, electric machines at Queen's as well. And yeah, at this semester. So that's why I'm so busy these days uh, doing the PhD working and Uh, teaching at the same time it would be so challenging for me but interesting so after that yeah i at the end of the day i really like to be a prof and yeah and at the same time establish my own company at the end of the day not yet to uh, continue working on uh, retinal implants because this is a very huge uh, project and We should uh, spend lots of time and we should find a uh, very large uh, investments for this project.
0: Well, I mean, it sounds like a, a perfect project to get behind because, as you said, with the numbers of people who do have this disease, um, getting these retinal implants would make a huge difference in their life moving forward. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, which is awesome. So. Um, what else have you been up to,
1: but, uh, in apart my free... from being
0: super busy? <laughs> <Something>.
1: <laughs> yeah, in my free time, I start learning the instrument and I really, oh, yeah, yeah I, I just started learning that, the, the playing drums and a friend of mine just started teaching me the playing drums. It's really fantastic and exciting. But I just...
0: Your your uh, neighbours may not think the same. (laughs) (laughs) Did you choose the drums just because that's what your friends got? Or is that to get frustration out? Or you just love that sort of music?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I remember a time that I went to my friend's place and I saw him, he's playing drums so well. And he... Encouraged me to uh, start learning, and I just learn a little bit, and I really want to uh, continue learning. That
0: that's great. I I remember one of the way back when we first started. In fact, our theme theme song for grad chat was from one of our grad students, who is in a in a grad band, and uh, so it's it's great when I hear our students are getting in some music because to me that's a great way of. Relaxing, actually. I wouldn't say it's taking out the frustration. Well, though people might think that with the drums, but it is—it is nice and relaxing as well. So, well done. I'm glad you're doing that.
1: Thank you. Uh, I hope <laughs> I can continue learning.
0: Well, well, yes. Otherwise, you will have to move to live in the country, so no one can hear you. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's awesome, Iman. It's been great chatting with you. We are going to have to finish now. I'm sorry about that because I think the retinal implants are very, very important because I can't imagine what it must be like not being able to see properly. Um, And so any sort of help that you can give people With that disease, all those three diseases, I'm sure they would really appreciate it. And So thank you for doing that. And I'm glad you're continuing with that work. So um, with that, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for giving me this opportunity to send my message and talking about retinal implants. I'm so happy to do that. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, it is my pleasure. So that's it, everyone. A another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Just type in a Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray.